tonight, Psalm 23, Psalm 23. Well, the guy's not bad for a, a Jets and Mets fan, and I don't know how, I don't know how, uh, yeah, I don't know how anybody could be saved to be a Jets and Mets fan, but nonetheless, uh, <laughs> those of you that are listening online, he's back there speaking in tongues, so, all right. <laughs> Psalm 23, Psalm 23 tonight, and the Bible says in these first two verses of this wonderful passage, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures, and let's read the rest of that verse, he leadeth me beside the still waters. And so tonight, as we continue with our series on the Lord is my shepherd, as you notice there in your outline that we're going to focus on... He leadeth me, and, and we're going to take a look at this tonight, and I think that as you look at this psalm, many of God's sheep, I think, today are living lives that are not satisfied. Uh, there's so much in this world that, that is vying for our attention, for our affection, and, and oftentimes as God's sheep, we are not satisfied in our lives, and, and I think the biggest reason why there is no satisfaction is because we are not willing to follow the shepherd. I think it's our natural, all week like sheep have gone astray. Uh, many times we do not want to be led. We're living in a society where, where really we can be our own person and, and uh, the authority in our lives is, is something that we don't recognize. And certainly I think that this is what causes lives that are not satisfied is not being willing as sheep to follow the shepherd. God's word contains many wonderful promises, and of all those promises that we look at in the word of God, uh, we understand that those promises actually uh, come to us as we allow the Lord to be our guide. I understand this. He always knows best. He knows where we, wanna, where we need to go. Sometimes where we need to go and where we want to go are two different things. But listen, if we want to have the testimony, as Brother Guy just sang the song, if we want to come forth as gold, then we have to be willing to follow the leader, follow the shepherd as his sheep. And when we follow him, he will lead us, as it says here in verse number two, to cool, refreshing waters that satisfy our thirsty soul. Uh, I drink, uh, you know, on a daily basis, I, I probably drink about seven or eight, sometimes maybe even nine of these bottles. And I'm, I'm constantly, constantly thirsty. Just seems like my thirst is never really physically quenched. Uh, I was talking to my son-in-law, Brother Chris, and uh, you pray for him. It's about 108 degrees where he's at in New Mexico. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty brutal. And, and I thought it was mostly dry where he was at. But our daughter told us this afternoon that they do have humidity. It's not quite, she said, not quite like in Florida, but she said they do have humidity. And I was talking to Brother Chris, I may, may have mentioned this last week, but he's drinking two gallons of water a day. And I'm like, I don't even know how you do that. I just, I'd float all the time if I drank that much water. But you know, when I got saved 35 years ago, the water that I took a drink of that day, was different than this bottle of water. 
Because I'm going to tell you something, I have spiritually never thirsted again. Because that thirst was satisfied. And when I say that, I mean that, that only in Christ, only in our shepherd, do we find satisfaction. And the Lord is our all in all. And as we look at this psalm tonight, we continue... I'm probably going to keep bringing this thought to mind, and I hope it stays with you, that in this psalm, and of course many other places, but in this particular psalm, the emphasis is not on the sheep, the emphasis is on the shepherd. And we need to make sure that we're always looking to the shepherd to understand what he wants for us. And the Bible says again, he leadeth me beside the still waters. And so when I look at that, I think first of all about our submission to the shepherd. Now this is not a word that's very popular <laughs> in society today, to submit, to be under authority. But nonetheless, it is a biblical principle. Look, we are not going to be led unless we are willing to submit ourselves to the shepherd. There's always going to be a struggle. There's always going to be a fight. It's just like a child. Until a child recognizes the authority in their lives, which would be their parents, there's always going to be a struggle. That's why so many homes are in a mess today, because children are trying to run the home. God's given you, moms and dads, the authority in the home, and those children are your little sheep that God wants you to make sure you're, you're leading in the, in the ways of God. And I, I, I just get so excited when I see many of our families with young children and they have their children in the church. They're leading their children. And when we look at this particular passage here and I think about our submission to the shepherd, God has established this principle, a principle of authority and submission. And we see it even back in the Old Testament. Isaiah the prophet said, Look in chapter 58, verse 11. The Lord shall guide thee, notice the word, continually, and satisfy thy soul, notice, in drought, and make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Boy, we live in a dry and barren land, don't we? And yet the Bible says that we need to make sure that we let God guide us continually. And as God guides our lives, it says that our soul will be, it'll be satisfied even in drought. And, and that our, our bones will be made fat or be blessed. And look here, our lives will be like a watered garden. I, I don't know about you, but I want my life to be a well-watered garden. I want God to satisfy my soul the only way that he can and not what this world has to offer. And the way for our lives to be well watered and to be kept the way that they should is we must allow the Lord, our shepherd, to guide us, to lead us. Again, as Isaiah said, that he should guide us continually. When Jesus was about to leave his disciples, when he, was, he had spent just a short amount of time when you think about it, he spent physically about 33, 33 and a half years on this earth. And as you study the Word of God, here's what you find is about, about really only three, three and a half years of that 33 or so years was spent in what we oftentimes call his earthly ministry. So really, 
when he ministered, when he began to call out his disciples, they were only with him for about three, three and a half years. And the time came, and by the way, he knew that it was time because the Bible says he came to do the will of him that sent him. So when that time came and Jesus knew that he was about to depart from this world, what did he try to do? Well, he tried to comfort his disciples. Notice John 16, 7. Notice from a shepherd to the sheep. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the comforter which will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now you notice that statement, again, if he is our shepherd, the Bible calls him the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd of our soul. The Bible says here that he's telling them, I'm going to leave you. And he uses the word here, expedient. We don't use that word much in our society, but here's what it literally means. It means in your best interest. What Jesus was saying is, look, this is going to be a good thing for you if I go away. Now, if I'd have been one of the disciples, I would have said, Lord, how? How is it going to be good? I mean, it's good that you're here. I mean, it's good that we're with you. And yet Jesus says, look, it's in your best interest that I go away. And why would he say that? Well, when you study the scriptures, what you find out is, is that the truth was, was Christ really was not leaving them. When you study the Bible, you find that he would continue with them in the person of the Holy Spirit of God. See, the second person of God, Jesus, went up, but the comforter, the third person of God, came down. And, and Jesus was trying to comfort them. Look at John 14, 17, where he says there, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be where? In you. So when, when, listen, when any person puts their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, according to the scriptures, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit of God, he takes up residence in our lives, that he dwells in us. The Bible says our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, look, Yes, I'm going back to be with the Father, but I will be with you because the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Notice John 15, 26. When the Comforter is come, Jesus said, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, notice these words, he shall testify of me. See, he was constantly going to be reminding them about the Lord Jesus. He was constantly going to be telling them, do you remember what Jesus said to you? Do you remember how Jesus handled this? Do you remember how Jesus treated people when he was on this earth? And, and listen, this same Jesus that he's testifying of, that, that walk with his disciples, he would be abiding with them. But can I tell you tonight what's exciting for us in 2020 is the same Jesus that was with them is the same Jesus that's with us today. He says, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen.
And this is what we see here is that he is with us in the person of the Holy Spirit of God. You know, there were so many things that Jesus wanted to share with them. And if you're like me, I've been reading the Bible now for about 35 plus years. And it's, it seems to me like every time I open the Bible, every time I read something, I almost feel like, did God just put that verse in there? Because I've never seen that before. Does anybody else feel like that when you're reading your Bible? Sometimes I'm like, I, I just have never seen that before. It's almost like that's a brand new nugget right there. And God's ad, and I know that God, listen, we cannot add to what God's given to us. And that's, that's the, the wonderful mystery of the Word of God is every time you open it up, there's a treasure to find there. And I love this verse that Jesus said, and look at it, John 16, 12. He said to his disciples, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Sometimes I used to, I'll say to somebody, look, there's a lot of stuff that I want to tell you, but if I backed the truck up right now and unloaded it, you would be so overwhelmed. You know, and that's kind of what Jesus was saying here. He says, look, there's a lot of things that I want to share with you. And that's why he was telling them that it's so important that, that you understand the authority in your life, that you submit to the shepherd. Because listen, even if I'm going away, the Holy Spirit of God that comes, he's going to constantly be telling you about me. Jesus said, I can't tell you everything right now. Now, there were many things he shared with them. And honestly, they were like probably like a lot of us would have been too. They just didn't get it, did they? There were many things they did not understand, but the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, and he will guide you into all truth. He's going to teach us what we need to know. He's going to help us to grow as a believer. Aren't you glad for the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God? How the Holy Spirit is our teacher. The Holy Spirit helps us to understand. And the question tonight is, how is your Christian growth going? You know, you think about, you see, and I, we were talking to our daughter a little bit in California before the service tonight, and she was in her car, and she had pulled over somewhere, and the girls were eating their classic chicken McNugget. They're going to turn into a chicken McNugget is what they're going to turn into. And, and there, there was her, her girls there, Brooklyn and Peyton, and a lot of you remember that we prayed for Peyton. She was in the hospital when she was here, and she was on a special diet, and her her intestines and things just weren't producing, and, 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 and her growth was so stunted. And there she was standing up in the, in the, in the vehicle, and, and I'm telling you, she's like, I, I mean, it's hard to believe it's Peyton, as big as she is. And, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, she's grown. But look, you wouldn't deprive a, a baby of nourishment of a bottle or something else and as Christians, look, every day of our lives, we need to be feasting on the Word of God. We need to be submitting ourselves to the Word of God because it's going to help us to grow. The secret to growing in the Christian life is simply this. It is yielding to the shepherd. Will you yield to his authority in your life? If he's going to lead us, we must allow him to. Look, don't fight it when God is trying to lead in your life. Brother Lewis is here tonight, and Brother Lewis is, is he and his, and his sons are going to plant a church, uh, I don't know how many miles from here, in an area where there's really not a gospel light, there's, there's not a church there, and, and I was thinking about this, how, how Brother Lewis, he and his wife, they, they did what my wife and I have done, I don't know how many times, 
God began to show them and lead them that this is what he wanted them to do and this is where he wanted them to go. And by faith, they've come. Brother Lewis has said, Pastor, pray with me. He says, we don't even have a building. And, and, and they, they really, even by faith, as far as income, they're just trusting God. Brother Lewis, I remember those days. I remember those days many times just realizing that, look, by faith, I just know that the shepherd's leading me. But listen, we have to allow God to lead us. And when I think about this in, in our lives, look, it's so important that if he's going to lead us, we have to allow him to lead us. Think about the church. I had somebody ask me last week, uh, he's, he's visited here a couple times, and he was here again this morning, might be listening tonight. And, uh, and I talked to him a couple times, and he was getting ready to leave, and, and he, he asked me a few questions about when we came and how I became the pastor of the church. And I told him, I said, I'll be honest with you, I said, it, it, it just had to be the Lord. And I said, it just, the way the whole thing worked out, I said, there's no doubt God was in it. And, and I remember how the whole, the whole situation came, but, but listen, as far as what we find in the Word of God, here's what happens is, is that a church that may have found itself, like our church years ago, without a pastor, what a church then does is it extends a call for, for someone to come, the church believing that that is God's choice for a pastor, watch this, to lead that church under the authority of the Lord Jesus himself. And that's exactly what happened here. It's happened in other churches. But listen, what is it, what would it be if, if a church extended a call to a pastor and say, we believe that you're God's man, that we, God wants you to come here and pastor this church. What would it be like if a church called a pastor but then didn't follow him? It'd be pretty ridiculous, wouldn't it? I mean, why have a shepherd? And I look at a couple verses here. Notice in your notes in Hebrews chapter 13, the Bible says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, watch this, whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation. The word conversation talking about their life, their lifestyle. Same chapter in verse 17, the Bible says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. Remember, we're talking about this matter of submitting to authority in our lives. But look at what it says here about a pastor, I believe it's talking about here. For they watch for your souls as they must give what? Account. That they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Now, don't get me wrong. Listen, those are verses in the Word of God. I really believe that it is describing a pastor there and talking about the special relationship between an under-shepherd, a pastor, and the sheep. But listen, when I look at those verses, I really believe that these verses are not for the sake of the pastor. I believe these verses are really for the sake of the church. Because God is trying to help us to understand that, listen, in our lives, we have to understand that God puts us under authority. I've had people say, boy, must be nice to be a pastor where you don't have a boss. <laughs> well, can I remind you of what the verse we just read said? That they watch for your souls as they must give account. Who am I going to give an account to? I'm going to give an account to the highest office, and that is not the Supreme Court. So that's God himself someday. And I understand the, the responsibility that God has given to me. But listen, God has given all of us this same directive that we have to understand this matter of submission, 
to authority in our lives. And this principle that God has established is one of submission to authority. The principle here, think of what God has done for us. If you think about all that the Lord has done for us, if we are willing to submit to Him, to His authority, imagine what God will do. You know, a lot of times when you think about this, listen to this statement, happiness is the byproduct of obedience. So let's just take something very simple. And again, I, I didn't, this was just popped in my head, but think about giving to the Lord. When it comes to our giving, the Bible isn't suggesting, the Bible tells us that the tithe is the Lord's, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Listen, as we give, it is something that we ought to do, that we should want to do. It, listen, there is great joy when we give, especially when we're giving to the Lord and to his work. And I find, look here, I find true happiness. Why? Because there is happiness. That's the byproduct of obedience. And the same is true when it comes to authority. Listen, we will not be happy sheep if we're not going to be submissive to the shepherd. But if we, if we follow the shepherd's leading in our lives, you know what we'll be? We'll be happy Christians. You'll have a smile on your face. I love to see Christians smile. God didn't save you to sit sour and soak. Put a smile on your face. Just be obedient to the shepherd's leading in your life. Submit to his authority. And in order for our shepherd to lead us, we have to submit to his will. After all, listen, he, as our shepherd, he knows us. Matter of fact, he knows us better than we know ourselves. Think about how intimate God knows us. And, and we make such disasters out of our lives as sheep. And how do we do that? Because we are trying to manage our lives. We, need, we try to be our own boss. We kind of come to this place. You might not ever say it, but it's almost like, listen, nobody's going to be the boss of me. I'll be my own boss. As a Christian, we've got to understand this matter of submission to the shepherd. Everything in our lives, can you hear me tonight? Everything is settled when we let our shepherd lead us. So the truth is this. The battle is not with people. The battle is this matter of us yielding to the shepherd, yielding to God in our lives. And as we yield to the Lord, listen, I find that when I'm right with God, then all my other relationships in my life are going to be better. They're going to be right. And so it begins here as we think about how he, in verse number two, he leadeth me. See, we need to understand our submission to the shepherd. Then notice also here, I see our supply from the shepherd. <laughs> Boy, I don't think I have to say a whole lot here. We know that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the wealth in every mine, right? God owns it all, folks. Brother Lewis is like, I don't know where we're going to meet. I don't know. Listen, a great testimony of this recently is the Hamiltons. I mean, they needed $20,000, $30,000, and they needed it like yesterday, and God supplied it. You see, I think about the supply from our shepherd and how the Bible says here that he leadeth me beside the still waters. Life without water is impossible. I mean, I think about, again, how much water I drink, and what I love about this is God supplies the water that we need. They say that almost 
of a sheep's body is consistent of water, 70%. See, sheep, just like we as human beings, they need water. It's necessary for our body functions. When, we're, when we don't have the necessary water, our body is not going to function the, the way that it should. And it, can I tell you tonight that it's not up to the sheep to find the water. You know why? Because sheep will wander around aimlessly. They don't have direction. They don't have sonar. They don't know where the water is. That's the job of the shepherd. The shepherd leads the sheep to the still waters. He leadeth me beside the still waters, the refreshing, calm streams, a place that poses no danger to the sheep. God knows where to lead us. He knows how to supply us. The shepherd provides three sources of water for the sheep. Notice, first of all, he, he provides a deep well for the sheep. Boy, you think about this, the, the, the well that he would draw from and how the water comes out of that well. And it's, I don't know if you've ever had well water, but boy, it is, it, it is so different than, than water out of these bottles. You know why? Because the water that's in these bottles comes from a garden hose in Detroit, Michigan, you know? But water out of those wells, ooh, I'll tell you what, that's a different story. But do you know that, like in the old days, in the biblical times, somebody had to lower a bucket or something down in the well? They had to get the water into it, and it took some labor, some work, some effort to bring that water up from that well so that whoever it was that was going to drink of that could enjoy it. When I think about our shepherd, he provides water for us, still water from a deep well. He puts such great effort forth. Hey, listen, you just think about what Jesus did, how he left heaven and came to this earth so that he could lead us beside the still waters. I love how the shepherd takes care of us not only a deep well, but he also leads us to streams and springs. That flowing water that, that, that is so refreshing, that is so cool. And then also there's another source of water that he provides for the sheep. And many times we don't think about it, but the dew. Sheep oftentimes in the mornings. I know some people are not morning people, but if you get up in the morning, sometimes there's a dew that's on the grass a dew that's on the vegetation, just a little bit of water to keep things moist. And what would happen is this, the shepherd would help the sheep to go out early in the morning to where the vegetation was, and they would get the water, they'd, but they'd have to arrive there early in the morning. Why? Because the, the heat of the sun would come up, and the water, the dew, the moisture would be gone. They had to get there before it was gone, and the shepherd would lead his sheep to the very place where they could walk among the dew-covered vegetation and get water. Listen, it's, it is not the sheep, but it's the shepherd that leads us to our supply of water. And when I think about a, being a Christian, listen, I hope you understand this principle tonight. When I think about this, what is the water for our lives? Well, let's go to the Word of God and see what the Bible says. John 7, verse 37. Jesus, the Bible says, in the last day, that great day of the feast, he stood up and he cried, saying, if any man, what's the word? Thirst. Now watch this. Let him come unto me and drink. 
just let that kind of set for a minute. Jesus didn't say, I've got a bottle or a jug or a canteen or whatever it might be of water for you. I don't, I don't have a, a bottle of water. He says, let him come unto me and drink. Notice in John 4, going back a couple chapters, this tremendous passage in chapter 4, Jesus answered, and here's the passage, the woman oftentimes known as the woman at the well. Jesus had gone to Jacob's well, he had sat down there, and he knew this woman was going to come by. She had a, the Bible says, a water pot. She came at, at a time of the day when the sun was up, where nobody else would be there, and maybe kind of embarrassed or ashamed of the life that she was living. She had had many husbands at this point, and she was kind of living with a man at this time. And the Bible says that he, Jesus was there, and he says unto this woman, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. He said, listen, how, every day you come by here. Every day you fill up your water pot. Every day you empty it, and here you are again. Guess what you'll be doing tomorrow? You'll be back for more. And the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that. In other words, do you get the idea that it does not satisfy? We constantly need more. But notice what he says in verse 14. Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never, never thirst. He says, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. You know that had to boggle her mind. Remember what she said? She says, you don't even have a, a something to draw the water with. How is it that you're going to give me this water? She didn't understand that the water that we need, the water this world needs, is not something in a bottle, it's Jesus Christ himself. See, no doubt we understand that thirst is something that all of us have. But truly, thirst is actually a gift from God. When we become thirsty, Jesus said that ye shall never thirst again. Sheep know their bodies. Sheep know that they need water. And they need water. Why? Because they're getting thirsty, just like you and I. We, we need water. We have a physical thirst. And sometimes what we try to do is we try to quench that thirst that we have in our lives with, with liquids that are maybe what I would call non-hydrating uh, liquids. In other words, there's a lot of things that you can drink that they actually will not hydrate your body. They actually, as studies show, that what they do is they actually take water from us. But see, God has given us not only, look here, a, a physical thirst, but God also has helped us understand that in our lives, spiritually speaking, that God gives us a thirst. And as we have a spiritual thirst, and really Jesus was talking to this woman, and the woman had a need in her life, and her need was not what was in the bottom of that well. Her need was the one that she was talking to. And I find here that oftentimes, I think just like that woman, we try to quench the spiritual thirst in our lives with with things that, that really don't satisfy that need in our lives, spiritually speaking. Again, look what Jesus said. He says, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. The word drink there, it's, it's a word, if you understand the word synonym, synonymous. The word drink means to accept, to believe, to take, 
I hope tonight you know Christ as your Savior. I hope there's been a time that you've drunk that living water, that you've accepted and believed and taken the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Listen, despite what other people say, in the Bible, Jesus did claim to be the Messiah. Look at the Bible says in this passage in chapter 4 and verse 25, the woman in this conversation with Jesus, she said unto him, I know that Messiah's coming. She says, I've heard all about it. I know that he's going to come. She said, which is called Christ when he is come. See, she didn't understand who she was talking to. She didn't know that he was the living water. And she says, when he, when he is come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. He says, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one you've been hearing about, the one that's been prophesied about. He says, I am the one standing, this woman at the well. Listen, no doubt in her life from the testimony in John chapter number four, she received that eternal water. She received it how? By believing on Jesus Christ. I hope that's, that's your testimony tonight because the water that we need for life, for spiritual existence, comes like this woman understood from believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that day she understood. Remember what she said when she went into town? Hey, come see a man that told me all things that ever I did. She said, is not this the Christ? See, she recognized it took her a while to get there, just like it did for me. It took me three years of sitting under the gospel preaching before I realized that I needed a drink of that. You see, listen, again, this will never satisfy. The things of this world will not satisfy. You know, oftentimes people are chasing everything that the world has to offer when the answer is still the same answer that it's always been, and that is people need the Lord. See, I see the supply from our shepherd, how Jesus is the living water. He is what this world needs. He changed the life of this woman that came to the well all because she understood that he was the Messiah. See, I see the, our submission to the shepherd, and I see the supply that we need from the shepherd. And then notice our satisfaction from the shepherd. Listen, only in Jesus can we be satisfied, but the sheep must drink. We're not going to be satisfied until we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And for every cool drink, listen to me now, everything that God has ever offered to us, you know what the devil does? The devil oftentimes will come in and he'll try to offer us something else to distract us from what we really need, what satisfied satisfies us but listen we will not be satisfied until like that woman we go to the water and we actually take it in we actually receive the Lord Jesus Christ the world the flesh the devil all those things will not satisfy only Jesus will satisfy our Lord doesn't want us to drink from waters from other things that are contaminated polluted he wants us his desire is that we would be satisfied with the cool, refreshing drink of heaven that he has for us. Jeremiah, look at this verse here, Jeremiah 2 and verse 13. Because as Jeremiah the prophet shared with the nation of Israel, there were two things that the prophet said that God had against his people. Notice the verse here. For my people, God says, have committed two evils. 
They have, number one, forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. And number two, they have hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. The two things, by the way, it has not changed from Jeremiah's day to today. Because people are still rejecting Jesus. They're still rejecting the water that will satisfy their thirsty soul. They were forsaking the fountain of the living water, Jeremiah said. And the second thing God had against them was they were trying to create places. The Bible says here, uh, they, they were trying to cut out, hewn out cisterns, places to catch the water. And the, and the Bible says they were broken cisterns that could hold no water. And listen, you think, what is religion today? Religion is a bucket with holes in it. So many times people trust in a system, a man-made system. When the, the truth is what people need is people need the Lord. Jesus is the reason, but it's not just the season of Christian, Christmas. Jesus is the reason for every day of our lives. And I love this, how our satisfaction is only found in Jesus. So many Christians, so many sheep today are living lives that are not functioning. Functioning the way God intends for them to function. Why is that? Because we're not getting the water from the shepherd that we need. When I think about, listen, the word of God and the, the washing by the water of the word of God. It's so important that we're drinking from this every day. Look, Jesus is not here, but Jesus is the Lagos. He is the, not only the, the, the Word of God incarnate, but understand that God has given us His Word, and as we drink from the Word of God, it's going to give us the, the refreshment that we need in our lives. Oftentimes, like those in Israel, we're trying to create our own source of water. We're trying to come up with something that, that we want for our lives, but can I tell you, look, anything we come up with, it's not fit for sheep. It's not what God desires for us. Our souls need to be fed like the shepherd would lead the sheep to the wells, the deep wells. He would lead them to the springs and the streams and, and to the, the dew in the morning. Listen, that's what the Lord wants us to do is he wants to lead us to himself. And I think of so many every day of their lives, how they go through life every day with a parched soul. Why should we do that? When every day he invites us to drink, listen, would you allow him to lead you beside the still waters? Look at the verses again. The Lord is my shepherd. If you can say that tonight, that means you know him as your Savior. The Bible says, I shall not want. Why? Because the shepherd knows what we need. He says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And I explained last week, where the Bible says it's not, he's not forcing us, he's leading us. And it says here, he leadeth me beside the still waters. If we would just follow our shepherd, you know what we'll find? Satisfaction for our souls. Let's understand the authority that God has placed in our lives. We need to submit to the shepherd. And we need to recognize the supply that God gives us, which is the Lord Jesus himself. And in him, 
is our satisfaction. Let's bow our heads tonight. Lord, thank you for this evening. And as we take just a moment before we leave tonight, Lord, I pray just in the quiet stillness. Lord, I'm thankful for everyone that's here tonight, those that are listening. Lord, so many times we want to fight. We want to fight the authority that you've placed in our lives. You, as sheep, we need to follow the example of the Lord Jesus, who was led as a sheep to the slaughter. In humility, he allowed himself to go through what he did for us. He showed us the greatest example of submitting to your will for his life. And God, here we are on this Sunday night. I don't know what's going to happen this week. I don't know where you're going to want to lead us. I just know this, that you will go with us, that you will supply for us that we will only be satisfied if we're willing to let you lead. And I'm praying for myself tonight, Lord, that every one of us as your sheep would be willing to be led by you instead of us leading our own lives. God, we will never be happy unless we're obeying you. And in that obedience, we will be happy in you, satisfied. That woman that came to the well, she went back into town. She went to people that knew her reputation, and she didn't care. She didn't care what they thought about her. The only thing she wanted to do was she wanted others to come and drink of that water that she drank of. And it was not water from Jacob's well. It was from your son, Jesus. And God, I pray that we, that we would be led by you and that God, you would then lead us to others so that we can bring them to you the way this woman told the whole town. And although they doubted what she said, the Bible says all the men went out and they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. God, help us to be refreshed in the stream, the still waters, so that you could use us to bring others to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.